check who's on the track next. Never half step like. Check who's on the track next. Never half step like. What's up, everybody? Good afternoon. It's Ronnie B, Pro 17 Podcast Live, Cali Conservative Podcast on all your audio only listening platforms, streaming platforms. Thanks for everybody checking out the show. Missed you guys yesterday on President's Day. Didn't do a show for that, but uh, I have a mega show planned for you today. I got a lot of topics I want to catch up. And, you know, they always say, like, yesterday's news is no good, right? So I, I have to do some catching up here, but I got plenty of stories to talk about. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, by the way, as a little side note, uh, it was my wife's and I anniversary yesterday. That's kind of why I wasn't on. So shout out to the lovely wife. Love you very much. And uh, let's keep it moving today on this beautiful Tuesday in Los Angeles. So the mega show, we got several different topics we're going to address today. Got some fire for you. Uh, we want to talk about the trans child rapist out here in California with our WAC DA. And I'm going to get into that story in a phone call that he made and just goes to show the, the ridiculousness of this whole trans ideology, especially in regard to our criminal justice system in blue states, particularly here in Los Angeles. We'll talk about that. I want to talk about some non-binary camp counselors again in Los, uh, actually in California, not in Los Angeles County, but Los Alamitos, just a hop, skip and a, and a jump away. Uh, bunking with five graders, non-binary men. Okay. It's uh, supposedly good. Uh, according to according to this uh, particular unit, I'm going to talk about a four year old in New York City again, another blue state fail. A uh, four year old got sucker punched by a career criminal. So again, we're going to get into that. Uh, I want to also talk about the black privilege and Jawan Howard, the Michigan basketball coach that could seemingly uh, punch other people in the handshake line, and uh, 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 he didn't lose his job for that. Explain to me how that actually works. I have no idea, but hey, we're going to talk about that. If we've got time to, we're going to talk about another fake racist hoax crime once again. And the race hustlers that gravitate toward this type of story because they believe that, you know, the world is systemically racist and, uh, you know, the, the boogeyman white man is going to jump out from around the corner and uh, snatch up the kids. <laughs> So, yeah, we're going to deal with that foolishness as well. So thanks again, everybody, for watching the live broadcast today. Please make sure you check out Pro17.com slash merch, Pro17.com. I keep all my videos there and also subscribe on Rumble, YouTube. I'm trying to get my YouTube channel back. This is my second version. So if you go on there, you're not going to see many subscribers, but that's only because it's a new channel after the first one got deleted. And before I start, I'll take a look at the new merch. I'm going to be putting this up right here. We got the, the real definition of a racist nowadays in the 2022, especially when you're looking at these Black Lives Matter and all these leftist idiots. When you talk about racism, this is what a racism is, okay? It's an individual who factually, whose factual argument dismantles the uh, emotionally induced position of a leftist. And, you know, you know that's true, right? When's the last time you guys had an argument or any kind of political discussion with anybody on the left? I come up with the facts. What do they do? Oh, you're a racist, right? <laughs> this is very common on social media amongst other places. But, uh, you know, just a little something I came up with. So if you're in that, hit me up at the DMs and I'll be having this up probably later on this afternoon from the merch shop. So let's get into it. Today's stories. I'm going to talk about this story here first. This one is a 
got me hot and uh, how to talk about this, obviously. This is uh, a trans child rapist, and he's gloating about it. Now, if you're not familiar with the story, this has to do with a, a, a dude named Tubbs out Palmdale, again, out here in California. This is a suburb of Los Angeles out in the hills off the 14. For those of you in California, you know what's up. So basically, this guy um, raped a 10-year-old, but he was 17 years old at the time. So he was 17 years old at the time of the, of the incident. And uh, he uh, was only like two weeks away from being 18 years old. So the DA prosecutes him as a minor. Okay. And uh, they're waiting for DNA evidence for it, for it to come back to, to prove that it was actually him. Turns out it was him. So they, they put him in a juvenile detention facility. Okay. So this is what ends up happening. They put him in a juvenile detention facility because they don't want to try him as an adult. This is what our DA Gascon out here in Los Angeles does. This progressive leftist uh, district attorney doesn't want to prosecute any crime, especially a situation like this, you know. And then on top of that, the the trans dude that does the raping in the girl's bathroom for a 10-year-old girl, he was identifying as a dude up until the moment of his arrest. Then all of a sudden when he gets arrested, knowing that the district attorney is going to be lenient on transgender people or what they identify as or whatever stupid pronoun that you want to represent when you go to jail now. So because of that, he identifies as a woman all of a sudden. And now you got the news media and all this kind of stuff. And they put him in as a 26 year old, um, because this happened in, in 2014. Okay. So, so as a 26 year old, they're still prosecuting him and putting him in juvenile court. And this guy is a sex offender against minors. Make it make sense. California is garbage. It's trash out here. So let's get into the story. Um, pull it up for you very quickly. Give me a second here. So yeah, man, this is uh, this is what we're dealing with here with the criminal justice system. So let's read a little bit of the story. Um, so here's the guy. Here's a perp dude. Uh, transgender child molester sentenced to just two years in a juvenile detention for molesting a ten-year-old girl in 2014 recently laughed off uh, the uh, the charges, basically, during a jailhouse phone call about the leniency of his punishment, okay? We're going to get into that, but I just want to go back and play some of uh, the video from the original case here. So check this out. 26-year-old Hannah Tubbs, who identifies as a transgender female, has a lengthy criminal record, including violent crimes in multiple states. A DNA match in 2019 linking Tubbs to a sexual assault in a Denny's restaurant in Palmdale in 2014. Tubbs admitting to raping a child in the restaurant's bathroom. On January 1st, 2014, Tubbs committed the crime of sexual penetration by use of force of a victim under 14 years old. The victim in this case was a 10-year-old girl. Tubbs was just shy of 18 at the time of the violent crime and remained free of charges until the DNA match. The case was prosecuted in juvenile court and not transferred to adult court due to L.A. County 
District Attorney George Gascon's policy not to prosecute juveniles as adults. A juvenile judge sentencing Tubbs to two years in a juvenile lockup facility today. Prosecutors arguing in court for the judge to transfer the 26-year-old Tubbs to an adult jail, saying... In the guy's 26 years old, they're putting him in a juvenile facility. Make this make sense, okay? Are you going to tell me that these people are not purposely trying to destabilize the criminal justice system? This is, this is a, again, another George Soros-appointed Soros district attorney. If you look at all these... Uh, uh, these these whack progressive DAs across Democrat blue cities and states. This is what you have. You got somebody like this. Their opinion, the law gives the judge that authority. In crystal clear terminology, provides this court with the authority to order a transfer of an individual to sheriff's custody or to a county jail facility after that individual has turned 19 years of age. After hearing arguments, the judge basically stated that under current legislation, a person who commits a crime as a juvenile and is locked up in a juvenile facility, once they turn 19, the court has no authority to transfer that person to an adult facility. That's, again, who's making these laws? And the judge apparently was said, oh, my hands are tied because the legislation on the book says that I can't transfer them or whatever. But again, this is the fault of the DA that didn't move them in the first place. So as sick as that is already, let's get into this other video um, talking about what happened recently on a phone call that was caught through the, through the prison system. Okay, so this is the, the phone call, and this is an interview from Fox. And watch this guy talk about what, transpired here on the phone call now i've obtained i've obtained uh some of tubbs phone calls from law enforcement sources from when she was in custody in la county here in november this was before sentencing in a phone call with her dad she just gloats that she's not and, and, and let me stop this real quick because here, here you go again okay so why are we giving these people the benefit of the doubt so because he said that he's a she now you got him saying and she and this and she and her and her dad and all that nah man that's a dude had a penis and, and he raped a little girl in a bathroom. Miss me with all this like transgender pronoun ridiculousness that you got to somehow give this guy the benefit of the doubt and give him credit and make him feel comfortable with his pronoun, which was just a ploy to get a lenient sentence when he's a, he's an obvious like pedophile rapist. Okay. Predator. But y'all worried about his damn pronouns. Anyway. Not going to serve any prison time and that she won't have to register as a sex offender take a listen don't worry about it it's a strike but they're gonna plead i'm gonna plead out to it i'm gonna plead guilty they're gonna stick me on probation and it's gonna be dropped it's gonna be done done i won't have to register once or nothing for uh, a offender you don't have to register i won't have to do none of that so what are they gonna do to you then nothing now, in those calls, Tubbs also went on to make some extremely crude, disparaging remarks about her 10-year-old victim, openly discussing her sexual attraction for her and laughing about it. So crude, we've decided not to air that audio. She also went on to say she would flee the country if she got in trouble again. So I reached out. These kind of stories, man, again, this is one of the reasons why I started doing Pro 17. I, I just couldn't deal with the transgender movement. I couldn't deal with the the indoctrination of our children and, and the school system, uh, just the blue state governors in general, and just the way things happen out here on, on the West Coast. 
and the mainstream media lies and all that kind of stuff. But when you when you when you see something like this, how can you still continue to vote for these progressive Democrats in Los Angeles, in New York City, in Chicago, okay, in Detroit, wherever, Philadelphia? You know what I'm saying? These are all again George Soros elected district attorneys that are doing this stuff. This guy over here is this clown and saying, oh, he doesn't even have to list himself as a sex offender. He's going to do two years only in a juvenile facility around other children. Explain to me how this is justice. This is the destabilization of America, the destabilization of, of, you know, traditional conservative values and just crime in general. That's why you have all these these break ins and, and smashing grabs. Nobody getting prosecuted for theft under a thousand dollars. What are we doing? Out to DA George Gascon's office about these phone calls last week. His team told me they didn't even know about the calls until I contacted them. And Gascon has now released a statement which says in part, quote, after Tubbs sentencing in our case, I became aware of extremely troubling statements she made about her case, the resolution of it, and the young girl that she harmed. If we knew about her disregard for the harm she caused, we would have handled this case differently. The harm he caused. So gloating on gloating on the telephone call, you know, I tell you, man, I wouldn't be surprised if when he gets out of jail or whatever in two years or whatever happens that he doesn't make it much longer than that, straight up. Because even like the most hardened criminals know that this kind of stuff is unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. You know? And we're over here again worrying about this fool's pronouns and stuff. Like that's like that's a, something of importance. Man, you miss me with that. Anyway, let's get off that story. But it just goes to show you, man. Stop voting for these Democrat, you know, uh, DAs and these lawmakers out here, man. Because this, this is what happens. And none of y'all are actually going to wake up and smell the damn coffee until it happens to one of your own children. And then you're going to be like, oh, oh, I didn't know. Yeah, you did. This is a perfect example, and you do know. So anyway, and then and then and then speaking on this non-binary issue, there's another story recently about a science camp where there was non-binary males bunked up with fifth grade girls at this camp. I swear, man, like (sighs) they are really, 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 really trying to come after your kid. I've done several stories about the grooming of our children and stuff in elementary schools and all that kind of stuff. But now you're sending your kid off to a science camp. There's supposed to be something about educational you know, environment, you want, you want your kids to experience stuff with other children and have a good time while they're still learning and expanding their mind on these other, you know, uh, school topics. And then you end up finding out that there was like men sleeping in the bunks with your daughters and apparently nothing happened, but how do you know? How do you know that these fools ain't like looking at them while they're sleeping? How do you know that they're not watching them shower or whatever, or change their clothes or whatever, but for the comfort and the sake of, you know, the, uh, uh, of these, of these, of these men that want to feel comfortable with their pronouns and their environment, you therefore are going to take away the rights and the comfort of the, the little girls there. You see the victim hierarchy now is like transgenders. Number one, man. You know, it it doesn't even matter. You can be a black handicapped woman and you're going to come second to a, a transgender man just because he says so that he identifies as a woman. So all of a sudden now he gets the right to like go and bunk with your daughter. Give me a break, man.
So I got a I got a video here that talks about this from the news channel, and and you you watch this for yourself, and you tell me what you think about this, and 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 how would you feel if this was your child, if your child was at this camp, and you heard about this story? Tell me if you would be as reserved as as this as Parents these ladies are. Parents tell us that their children came home from camp. They were asking a lot of questions about gender and pronouns. The parents then reached out to the camp director, who told them that counselors, biological males who identify as they them, are permitted to spend the night in cabins with the young girls. In the what? <laughs> Who's making these laws? Again, this is here in California. How is this even acceptable? What are you doing? What are you doing? They just talk about it on the news. I guess like not even a big deal. Oh, they, could, they could just put a, we're going to put a five fifth graders with men because you know, they, they, their pronouns are they and them. First of all, you're crazy. Okay, because you have a you have a plural pronoun to identify your singular self, and I'm supposed and I'm supposed to somehow trust you to to be uh, watching over my daughter in fifth grade. You have a mental illness, and I don't want you anywhere near my daughter, especially not in her her sleeping quarters in a camp where I'm miles away from. Get out of here parking lot of Weaver Elementary School in Los Alamitos, a group of parents. No parent should feel the way I feel after knowing what could have happened to my daughter. Upset by the sleeping arrangements at a school organized science camp. I contacted the school and I asked them if they were able to confirm that there was not a man actually sleeping in the same cabin as the girls. Uh, they were not able to confirm that. The parents say they're <laughs> they were not, they were not able to confirm that did you confirm with me that you were going to be allowing this to happen when I sent my kids off and I probably paid a significant amount of money to these, to these camps? Did you confirm with me that I was okay with you allowing this to happen in your camp? This is ridiculous. Parents, you guys are kind of at fault here. Now, now I understand there's some shadiness that goes on with, with these, um, with these teachers and the educational programs and curriculum in schools and stuff like that. But you have to understand this is not 1980 anymore. This is not the seventies anymore. They are on open attack against your children. They are coming after your children. Check the pro one seven archives. I've done too many videos at this point to even, you know, to, 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 to talk about this issue. You cannot take your eyeballs off of your children, especially if you're sending them to uh, some place, some camp somewhere, especially here in California. This is Los Alamitos, right around the corner. You have got to be kidding me. And again, you want to blame these people and, and whoever's organizing this camp. I noticed I didn't put the name of the actual, uh, I don't know, organization that runs this science camp, but dude, them they pronouns identify as a woman and you got them in the in my fifth grade daughter's cabin with a straight face like with no shame and they didn't even tell anybody see if they don't even ask them about this if the if the children didn't come back to the to their parents and start asking asking the pronouns hey mom and dad what are what are pronouns what are, what is they them and this and that you see because they're grooming the children you're supposed to be going there learning about stars and whatever and rocks and and fish and biology or whatever when you go to a science camp. But instead, it's 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 sexual indoctrination grooming camps. What are you doing?
Fifth grade girls told them some of the biologically male counselors at Camp Pally in San Bernardino identified as they, them, and spent three nights sleeping in cabins three nights. with the young girls. They're asleep, they use the shower, they go to the restroom. Camp Pally confirms, mm -mm. per California state law, we place staff in cabins they identify with. Parents say they're not accusing anyone of a crime, but they are angry the school district did not let parents know about the policy. A spokesperson told us the district takes all complaints and concerns seriously and is currently investigating. These parents say they just want others to be informed of the policy so they can make decisions for their own families. It's awful that children had to even experience this in fifth grade camp. If I was aware of it and I had initialed something saying that this was going to be done at this outdoor science camp, I would have kept my child home. Yeah, so those parents. So yeah, that, that's enough of that. Like you should have kept your parents home and that's the thing. These leftist transsexual degenerates, the ones that say, if you have a problem with any of this non-binary language that you are a transphobe, whatever, call me a transphobe. Say what you got to say, but I'm going to call you mentally ill. Uh, I'm going to call you reprobate sexual deviant and you ain't, and you ain't getting anywhere near my children and you ain't getting any of my money. Okay, see what they're trying to do again, they're trying to groom your kids and normalize this stuff as as some sort of uh, what used to be known as sexual perversion and, and, and reprobate behavior. They're trying to make it seem like it's just okay. Like it's just like walking to the corner and getting the water. Ridiculous. So I'm gonna get into this other story here. Let's talk about the let's talk about the blue states. Again, out here in in California, let's talk about the blue states. We touched on the whole thing with the trans child rapist. <laughs> okay, um, somehow there's some of you that still want to advocate for this ridiculousness. You had the Leah Thomas swim team, Penn University, with girls on the team females that are trying to come out against the guy but you're still being bullied because you are scared to put your name and your face to your complaint so the guy's already admitted to being attracted to other women he clowns about having his penis and his testicles out in the locker room he's smashing women in the swim competition by 38 seconds and yet you still want to sit here and say that the, that this is okay? That the convenience or comfort of one person trumps the inconvenience of what we would call a real woman, traditional woman. <laughs> and if you and if you fight against this ideology, you are considered a transphobe. Like I said, call me a transphobe then. Whatever, man. It's just common sense biology, dude. And, and 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 the parents and the fathers of these people in the swim team are also complicit in this. And the women on the swim team that are not standing up for your rights, you're complicit in this. So honestly, I really don't even feel sorry for the people on the swim team. All right. So four-year-old 
in California, excuse me, this is in New York, gets sucker punched. Let's watch the video because this is pretty appalling. And again, this is what happens when you have uh, George Soros funded D DAs. You got people that are not prosecuting crime out here in Los Angeles and in San Francisco, here in the West Coast. Somehow you tell me how this is okay. Here's a person coming up right here. Watch this. Boom. Just walks up, knocks the kid out. And you see the moms over here tackling the guy. And look, and you know what else is funny about this? Look at how there's no, the dudes ain't doing nothing. This, this is the problem right here. Where's the men at? You got the two girls here. Look at this dude standing here. Not doing a damn thing. I want to play that again. Look. Walks up. Just sucker punk. Boom. Dude, you'd be getting mad hands. You know, and, and that's the thing about mothers. Mothers have a great protective instinct. You know, but look, the dude right here is not doing anything. You got another man on here on the left, this bald guy, standing around, not helping out. Everybody just watching. Everybody just watching. The guy in the green shirt in the back, standing there scared. Where's the men at? Where's the men at? So as ridiculous as it is, is that they're letting these criminals out, um, career criminals. Like, I mean, the guy had like 40 arrests. A lot of them are misdemeanors. But again, because again, the, the, they're labeled as misdemeanors in New York because the, the DA doesn't want to prosecute and put people in jail. You know, so I don't even know what charge they actually brought him up on that. I didn't get too deep in the story, but I just saw the story and I was like, man. And when you watch the video, where's the men at? There was a story that I did, I think a couple months ago um, on the subway about a dude raping a woman on the train. And there's a bunch of people standing around and none of the men are doing nothing. There's another story of a, uh, I think it was a, yeah, it was a, it was a, a dude talking junk to somebody's girlfriend and the dude just clocks her right in the jaw and the guy doesn't do anything. A bunch of punks out here, man. You know, but 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 these are the but these punk soft ass men are the same ones I want to be fighting about transgender pronouns. I want to talk about like uh feminism and what have you. <laughs> right? But meanwhile, you're gonna you're gonna step on feminism by letting transgender people compete in women's sports. You know, where where is the uh, feminism courage when you have a situation of a, a, a man walking down the street and cold clocks a four-year-old and you have to have two little five-foot women tackle the guy down while the men are just standing around watching like little punks? Y'all need to, like, <laughs> I don't know, man. There's just, like, a lack of testosterone in today's society. Uh, there's a there's a lack of um, just true traditional men, but 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 I can't even ask a leftist what a man is, because what, what's a man to you is what whatever you identify as. Uh, that's what you're going to tell me, right? Uh, you know, because 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 a little kid that's five years old, it's a little girl wants to play in the dirt and wrestle and throw a football around. That makes her that makes her a boy. That's the argument that I get from y'all on the left. You know, that's what determines what a man is. No, a man, 
A man is somebody with, first of all, with testicles and testosterone that was born that way. But these quote unquote men in that video right there and that I, that I mentioned in my other videos that I've done, those are, those are punks, man. I can't believe you would just let a guy walk up and, and sock a little four-year-old in the head like that, knock him down. And, and you would just allow a, two women to, to defend it. Where, there's no chivalry left. Where's the chivalry at? I'll tell you, man, I got to get out of this state. But uh, I also wanted to talk about uh, Jawan Howard, man. So this story is like a day or two old. This happened over the weekend in regard to um, the Michigan basketball team they were playing in Wisconsin. And now Jawan Howard, as you know, he's a member of the the Fab Five back in the in the was it the nineties or late eighties. And I wanted to talk about the fact that. Not only was he wrong for punching this coach, but what, what bothers me about the whole situation is that he got suspended instead of just fired. Why wouldn't he be fired? And what also bothers me is that the mainstream ESPN woke athlete networks are actually kind of like, they're kind of saying that he's wrong, but they're still justifying it in a, in a way or so. And again, because I believe that's black privilege. Because again, if the roles were reversed in a situation and Jawan Howard was a white coach and they were going in a handshake line and he mouths off at the black coach and socks a, a black coach. Oh my goodness. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> oh, oh, that, oh, that's, that's, see, that's white supremacist racism right there. That's, that's Jim Crow. That, that's that's equivalent to somebody being lynched. He would have been fired on the spot. But because Jawan Howard's a black coach, he gets a pass to be able to, to physically assault another guy. And listen to the reasoning that they give behind the story. I got some videos here and uh, that I want to bring up. But first, I want to show the actual clip so you can see it if you haven't watched this or if you're unfamiliar with the story. So Michigan head coach basketball, Michigan head basketball coach takes a swing at Wisconsin assistant and a brawl ensues. Let's watch the clip and uh, for yourself and, and so you can get a little context. Then we'll talk about it here. 77 to 63. And Juwan Howard not going over immediately to shake hands. Now he's going to get in the line. What's this? Interesting finish here. 77. Oh, see, and they're going at it. Oh, yeah. Howard and Guard are not happy right now as the two of them continue to have words. We told you Jawan Howard was not happy about that timeout. Yo, and Jawan Howard just threw a right hand. And now we got a scrum. We have a scrum in Madison. Players are pushing and shoving. This is an ugly scene. This is an ugly scene. Oh, my God. Trying to get separated, and there's no doubt it all stems from the timeout by Greg Gard. Now, that's not an excuse for this. No. But that okay, so you saw that. Now... <laughs> First of all, they they're in a handshake line, okay? Now did 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 it, did it look like that little 5 foot 
10 or whatever white coach was actually threatening Jawan Howard. Because again, this, this, this is the, that gang mentality. This is that, again, I want to call it black privilege that because of your emotion and your, your emotional instability that you are allowed to behave like this, you're, you're allowed to be able to swing at another man and still keep your job. And what world would we ever be able to really accept this as being normal and okay? I want you to listen to the, to the actual interview after in the post game. Now, if, if he, the guy lost his cool, that would be one thing, okay? But but still, it's unexcusable. He did get suspended, but I felt like he should be fired. But listen to his, like, excuse in the interview. There's a lack of remorse and a lack of, like, mental stability here. Listen, listen to what he had to say. Juan, um, you're straight in front of you. What uh, happens between being upset about a timeout being called and raising it to a point where it looked like you hit another coach in the face? What kind of happens in between to make that happen? Well, basically, uh, you know, I addressed with uh, the head coach that I will remember that because of that timeout and uh, for someone to touch me. And I think that was very uncalled for them to touch me as we were verbalizing and communicating with one another. So uh, that's what ended up happening. That's what escalated it. Yeah, I guess if you could, I guess, expand on that a little more. What, what no, I would not expand on it. I just well, share with you the story what happened. Well, as far as touching, I mean, obviously, it's obvious touching with the handshake line. There, it must have been more than that. Oh, yeah, it was more than that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Touching, touching me unnecessary with it wasn't cause for that when we were talking. And at that, at that point, you know, I thought that was, you know, time to protect myself. <laughs> So he said. So he said that he had to protect himself from the five ten coach that was coming up to give him a handshake. Okay, so so this is where the race hustles would would say that what he's being he's being victimized now. He actually had to worry for his life because of, because of the white coach. And and so and then you have these other people that are saying that well it was the reason because he called a timeout in the game. Let me give you a little bit of background on what happened in the game. So there was forty eight seconds left in the game. The Wisconsin coach had called a timeout, put his scrubs in, the walk-ons, the season's almost over, getting them some garbage time minutes. You got freshmen, people that don't ever play, walk-ons that are just there to practice. Jawan Howard still has two of his starters in there, and they full court press the guy. Now there was a there was a there was a full interview of Jawan uh, excuse me of Jawan Howard after this. That he talks about like, well, why were you pressing them? Why were you full court pressing the team when they had all their scrubs in? And he said, oh, I wasn't full court pressing them. I was using a man-on-man, five-man pressure system. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like what? So the other coach had, when it was like 15 seconds left, they already had turned the ball over once. So at 15 seconds left, the Wisconsin coach calls timeout, so he's using it as a coaching opportunity for his young players. Okay, he's still coaching. Yeah, the game is over, but you're over here trying to press him. He didn't do it to try to run up the store. He's using it as a coaching opportunity to teach his players how to play and how to handle the press or what have you. And even if he was doing it, miss me with the point that it makes you mad enough to the point that you need to swing on another person. You're supposed to be the leader 
of young men here at this college. So you, so you're expecting me to believe that I want to send my son to be molded by a coach like this that can't even control his own emotions, which you saw he swung a punt. He swung at the other coach and that started the other players to get involved and start swinging at other players. So this is your leader. This is, this is what we want. So, so this is what equity looks like. This is the problem here. This is what black privilege is. This is the same kind of scenario where you have a, uh, black students or any student that is not cutting it in regards to their grades, but you want to use some sort of like meritless college entry exam or a lottery system like they were doing in San Francisco to where students that actually do great on tests are going to be discriminated against because they're not black. Make it make sense. Affirmative action, <laughs> affirmative action coaches. Really? Now, you know, I'm telling you, if this was, if this, if the roles were reversed, this would have been a firing immediately. The guy wouldn't even have made it into the locker room before he would have been fired. Listen to the, uh, the analysts talk about it. Listen to uh, Stephen A. Smith here. And I want you to see how, I want you to try to pick up on how he talks about his, uh, his language and refer to as this brother, this brother, that like brothers need to get a hookup. Brothers need to be exempt. You're talking about being a victim all the time, but at the same time you want exemption. And you don't want to be able to compete and be held to the same standards as anybody else in the, in the country. Should Juwan Howard be fired? I'm not going to go that far. I've, I've got too much uh, respect for Juwan Howard and, and, and the man and the player um, and the coach that he has been. Um, I got a lot of love for this brother, and, and it's going to be very difficult for me to go to that point. But I will say this. He should be suspended immediately. It should be for the rest of the season. I'm talking about the rest of the regular season, the conference tournament. If they were fortunate enough to get to the NCAAs, that too, he should not be allowed to coach another game this season. And if he ends up getting fired, um, if he ends up avoiding getting fired, he would be a very lucky individual because I'm of the opinion it's entirely possible that Jawan Howe is going to be fired within the next 24 hours. Why shouldn't he be fired? I don't think we can rule that out. I'm not advocating for it. I would never wish that on this brother. He's a good man and he's a good brother, but you cannot do. Okay. So somebody differentiate that for me. What he just said, he's talking about brother, right? <laughs> so he's a good man. And, and that's separate from being a good brother. Why can't he just be a good man? Why does it have to be he's a good brother? He's a good man and he's a good brother. You see? I'm telling you, man, like, the, le the leftist position when it comes to this race issue is that they're the real racist. And Stephen A. Smith and all these black people that are in prominent positions of media are race hustlers. Okay. Jawan Howard has been extremely privileged ever since he was in a, what, probably like 17 years old when he was getting recruited to go to Michigan and play for the Fab Five. He's not oppressed. He's not oppressed. Made millions of dollars in the NBA, and now he's a head coach of a college team. And this is not even the first example of him doing this kind of stuff. Why does he get a pass? Because he's black?
what he did. You just can't. You can talk about, what do you mean protecting yourself from Gray Carr? You're trying, Gray Carr shouldn't have touched him. I don't believe he should have called the timeout. You're up 14 points. It's a few seconds left. Come on. Come on what, dude? It's a basketball game. And again, I've already addressed that. Jawan Howard and, and Michigan are full court pressing his team. And again, he's got the scrub backups in. And he's using it as a co coaching opportunity. And even if he was going to do it, bro, so what? This ain't the schoolyard playground. Y'all need to miss me with that. Man, work on what you got to do in practice in terms of your team handling the press and all of that stuff. Come on, don't, don't, don't. Yeah, the rule is the rule, but you didn't have to afford it. There's a gentleman's understanding amongst coaches. There's certain things that you just don't do. And I think that he was wrong to do that fair enough. Um, and if people want to point to the fact that he grabbed Jawan Howard to try and talk to him when he knew that Jawan Howard didn't want to talk to him and that warrants a game suspension or whatever, all right, so be it. He didn't grab him, bro. He walked up to him. Obviously, Jerron Howard was upset about the situation. He walked up to him and put his hand on his elbow. When you go through a handshake line, all you know, you normally take your left hand, you grab the guy's elbow, shake his hand with your right hand. Now, you're going to equate that to being threatened for your life or whatever, or having to defend yourself? That's ghetto, man. That's just ignorant. Okay? And that's that old hood stuff mentality like, oh, Dude looked at me the wrong way. Dude said the wrong thing. So I gotta, I gotta, I gotta rep. Nah, man, you're looking ignorant. And instead of these other black people and these black people on on the media centers trying to defend this dude, is like, oh well, you know, he kind of like had a reason or whatever. Like, no. This makes black people look horrible, and you defending the actions of somebody like Jawan Howard here makes us look even worse. Um, let's get rid of Stephen A. Smith just for the sake of time here. I have another video that I wanted to play in regard to this too from from Jason from Jay Williams. Now, he, now he's saying the same thing, but again, they, they're making excuses. They're making excuses for Jawan Howard, like as if it's kind of not his fault. You see, they're going, oh well, it's because this, and they should have never done that. And 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 why would why would he get? Why would the other coach get a one game suspension for what? For what? For touching them, you're in a handshake line. Don't you touch in the handshake line? Your break, man. Something that is so near and dear to your heart. Yes. What's your reaction? Uh, Greg Gard should be suspended for one game, and I think that Jawan Howard should be suspended for the rest of the season, uh, including the regular season and post-tournament uh, play. It, here's the thing. There's culpability on a variety of issues here, Greeny. Number one, uh, I get why Jawan Howard was angry. Uh, pretty much the unwritten rules of basketball. If you're up double digits with 14 or 15 seconds left to go in the game, regardless if the, if the other team is pressing or not, you don't call a timeout. Uh, no, 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 no. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You're only saying that again because your boy, your brother, got caught showing out. Okay? Why, why can't they just see it like I see it? Why can't they see it like a lot of other people have said on other podcasts? That if if you're pressing his team and you got inexperienced players on the court for your team that you can call a timeout and use it as coaching opportunity. That why is that so hard to grasp? And you and you see these these people understand this. Jay Williams and Stephen A. Smith understand this, but it doesn't matter. Because again, it doesn't fit the 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 what was me black narrative. Okay. And they have to try to deflect off the, the responsibility that should be put on Jawan Howard and put it on to this other coach. And if the roles were reversed, the guy would have been fired before he hit the locker room. You're doing that. That's an insult.
Juwan Howard was actually trying to give him a blow by. Was going to give him a dead fish handshake, move on quickly. Greg Gard actually grabbed his left arm, mm -hmm. grabbed him. And you heard Juwan Howard say, don't grab me. Do not touch me. Uh, I don't think Greg Gard should ever feel the entitlement to grab another coach to begin with, even if he wanted to explain himself. That's number one. Number two, for Juwan Howard, in this moment, this is a guy, and I've known Juwan Howard for a long part of my life. Last year, he had a situation with Mark Turgeon where he was caught charging after Mark Turgeon. It looked chaotic. Mark Turgeon reported the head coach of Maryland that he said, I will blanking kill you. Right uh, Now to be in a situation. Okay, so <laughs> he just said it himself. He's been on record threatening to kill another coach. This is the kind of mental fortitude we want to have at a high-level NCAA basketball programming program developing young men. Uh, I think what they're going to probably end up doing is like they're probably going to have him suspended. Uh, and then I think probably in the offseason or when, when the story comes down, maybe like before next season, they'll probably end up firing him or make some sort of excuse or they'll, they'll have him like make some sort of like resignation. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that's probably what they'll end up doing because that way he can save face and probably make some sort of deal. Well, they'll still pay out his contract or whatever like that. Um, even though, you know, they probably, I'm sure it's in his contract that he can't have any kind of like outbursts and, and reactions like, like, like punching another coach. I'm sure there's some sort of like violence clause there where he shouldn't get paid. But for the sake of, for the, for the sake of saving face, Michigan has to like, let it, let it calm down and, and through the backdoor avenues, they'll get rid of them, which I think, I guess, you know, politically, I guess you probably have to do that with this, with this, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter realm and social justice, you know, time that we live in, in, in nowadays in 2022. But man, the guy needs to be fired. That's ridiculous, man. There's no excuse for it. Uh, he has a history of doing it. And I'm not, I, and I'm never going to send my son to go live there. And I'm sure the Michigan athletic department understands this, whoever the, the athletic director is. They know they got to get rid of this guy. Who who's going to send your top recruit to Michigan and 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 you your son and you're trying to build a, a strong young man? You going to send him to that guy? He's going to raise your kid? No, no, no. <laughs> All right. Uh, last story here. I want to talk about. Uh, we had another fake hate crime, another hoax. And again, th these these uh, racist. <sighs> Uh, white supremacist Ku Klux Klan type of incidents that seem to be in uh, low supply. <laughs> hey, the demand is higher than the supply. Nobody actually wants to to really do this. Where where's the white supremacist terrorists? Where are they? Where's the demand for it? The demand is is higher at these colleges and high schools and stuff, but I don't seem to be seeing the supply. Come on, where's the white? Where, hey, white people, where are you? We need you. We need you to come terrorize <laughs> these uh, these high schools and these colleges, man. There's, there's a lot of black people out here that are not getting their money's worth. You know, where are you? So instead, we have to have a, a bunch of more fake uh, hate hate crimes here. Let me pull it up for you. Um, bear with me one second here. So, yeah, so this was a, a another hate crime. And what I wanted to focus on here was more of the the race hustlers themselves, the actual people that are starting the stuff. And I want you to listen to what they talk about. 
So here, here's the headline. Racist graffiti was found at a California high school. Again, California, of course, right? California. Here we go. Prompting outrage from activists. And it shows a video that a black student did it. A black student. Oh, really? I, uh, I would have never thought. You know, every time these, these hoax comes, come out <laughs> uh, or some sort of like uh, hate crime, it's always a hoax, man. And again, it's because of you people with the social justice movement, you're perpetuating this this racist stuff that is not there. You're perpetuating this. So cries of racism and demands for swift and strong justice have all but disappeared after it was revealed that a black student wrote the racist graffiti found at a California high school. And it just goes on and on about this here, but I want to play the video for it so you can see for yourself. And watch these fake black activists, these blacktivists, <laughs> and uh, and just watch how they react when they when they find out that it's not a white person. Because there's other videos, and again, for the sake of time, because I'm going long already, they had um, other videos of them talking about black this, black that, and and you're in a suburb in California, bro. There ain't no Ku Klux Klan members there. All right, so stop with the foolishness. So here it is, here is the uh colored water fountain hoax. And uh watch this for yourself. Last Friday, someone wrote the words white and colored over water fountains here at McClatchy High School, obviously a reference to the Jim Crow era. Tonight, we're learning the district is disciplining the student involved, but it stopped short of calling it racial hatred or a hate crime. Now, the district hired someone to oversee race and equity, which includes investigating racial incidents. Mark Harris tells me a black female student confessed to the vandalism, and the investigation shows her on camera. He tells me the student and said she did it as a prank. Now, this is a sensitive topic for so many because Sac City Unified School District has been plagued with racial incidents. The most recent includes students seeing several buildings at Abraham Lincoln Elementary School tagged with hate symbols and the N-word. The NAACP and community activists say they want to meet with the district to talk about how we can support black students through these events. Why do we have to support black students through these events when it's the black students that are that are causing the fake hate crimes, man? This whole narrative that black people and and today's America didn't learn about slavery is just ridiculous. All of us that have been in the school, and if you went to school for many time, I believe so what, from 1970 up to now, everybody was taught about slavery, the horrors of slavery. We talked about Abraham Lincoln. We, you know, we learned about Rosa Parks, Frederick Douglass. You know what I'm saying? Martin Luther King. All right. And the only reason why you see these children doing this kind of stuff and, the, and these hoodlums that are writing graffiti on the wall and it's coming from other black people is because they want attention. This is nothing more than an employ for attention. Um, there was uh, who's the actor? God, I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now. But there was an actor who talked about, you know, uh, they asked him. Oh, Morgan Freeman, excuse me. Morgan Freeman was saying on an interview a couple of years ago, like, "Hey, uh, how do we stop racism?" And he said, "Stop talking about it." <laughs> Boom. Period. Why is there a Black History Month? Is there a White History Month? Is there a Jewish History Month? 
you're making it seem like we're inferior. You're making it seem like we need special treatment, just like Jawan Howard. Just like all these kids. These kids are over here, over here trying to do it. Look at the sign here. Beloved, I can't breathe and all this kind of stuff. Black Lives Matter. Come on, man. Meanwhile, the district refers to the McClatchy incident as troubling vandalism. I don't believe that those words that were on those water fountains were racist. I do not believe they were hate crime or hate speech. Part of it, quite honestly, is because the admitted perpetrator is an African-American young woman. I just. Okay, so it's not hate speech and it's not a problem because it was a black student that perpetrated. But all y'all went out there originally to complain about it, which is signs and picketing and stuff to talk about how it's Jim Crow. And we need to have like more programs and more resources to stop the the vindictive and the and the scary white supremacist boogeyman from oppressing our poor black children. But it's a black student that did that. And again, the best way that you can understand this logically is to flip the roles. If the roles were reversed and it was a white student that wrote colored and white on a drinking fountain. And he just said, oh, it was a prank. What would be the repercussions for that white student? Uh, suspension at a minimum, probably expulsion. I mean, you know, it's on the mainstream media 24-7, right? But no. So now you see these blacktivists here want to run cover for the girl because she's black. So she shouldn't be held accountable for her crime. She shouldn't be suspended. She shouldn't be reprimanded. No, I think she should. I did the other video a couple of days ago about this topic. How the, 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 the hoax hate crimes are very prevalent in colleges and stuff across America. But you didn't see this 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago, though, did you? Because again, the mainstream media narrative and the social justice movement is perpetuating this stuff. You're putting it in the heads of these kids. They think that this is something that is really affecting black people, especially in a blue state suburb in California. There's no Ku Klux Klan members running around their suburb here. This dude with his dreads and the other pimp looking dude that was just on here before that, he knows that. You know, but they're all about attention and race hustling, man. Now listen to this fool. Agree at it being a hate crime because at the end of the day, we understand when you have colored on one water faucet and white on another kind of water faucet, what that means. Whether it's 1950 or 2022. Okay. Yeah, we know what that means. So, so that black girl should be held accountable for that. And again, they want to go back and, and just live in the rearview mirror constantly. Oh, it's Jim Crow 2.0. We're so oppressed from slavery back in the old days. Dude, it's 2022. Stop it. However, some activists question the evidence citing mistrust of the district's handling of racism in the past. And I did ask if there had been any movement with the Abraham Lincoln case. And I've heard so far there's been no progress yet. So there you go. You know, when, when it first came out and they were like blaming the black girl, they were like, oh, no, that's not true or whatever. And there's other videos. But again, I didn't have a lot of time to put both videos up. But then they said, hey, listen, guy, we have video evidence that the girl did it. And they're like, uh, oh, OK, well, it was a, it was just, a, you know, I, I don't really want to consider it a hate crime now. Right. So 
these people are a joke. These race hustlers are a joke. It's people like Al Sharpton, you know, Joy Reid, um, all these black celebrities and even white liberal celebrities that constantly push this this ridiculous uh, white supremacist Ku Klux Klan's going to kill me narrative. It needs to stop already. It's just embarrassing yourself and you're embarrassing other black people and you're embarrassing me. And you're embarrassing my son and everybody else that wants to do hard work and doesn't need an affirmative action to get a job and to succeed in America. All right. So uh, thanks for everybody for watching the, the live here uh, a little longer than usual, but I have a lot of topics to get back to since I wasn't uh, on air yesterday. But uh, thanks for supporting Pro 17 and the Cali Conservative on the audio streams. And uh, please make sure you check out pro17.com slash merch. And please thumbs up this video. Please share this video. Please hit the notification bell. Um, need to get it out there. I'm trying to rebuild up the YouTube channel again. So please help me out with that. Please make comments. I really appreciate it. I always remember that uh, Pro 17 stands for Proverbs 17, which reads, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Don't be a fool. Don't be a racist. Don't be a leftist. And uh, don't punch other coaches in the handshake line. Get it together, people. All right. Ronnie, be out. God bless.